Well, good afternoon, Faith Family Church. Uh, we just heard another great sermon from Pastor Daniel Hurd in Psalm 2. Last week he preached in Psalm 1, so we moved on to uh, Psalm 2 this morning. Uh, guys, what, what stood out to you, Daniel? Uh, well, first of all, it's just what a, he did such a wonderful job of preaching Christ from the Old Testament. And Mike and I were just talking about how there's lots of different ways that you can do that. Like, uh, he, his radar went off immediately as soon as he read the passage. Like, oh, I bet this is referring to Christ. But the way Daniel uh, unpacked it is he started out uh, with the original context and mm -hmm. kind of then broke it down. And then sometimes he did it the way I often like to do it, is like show the Christ connection at the end, like a ta-da for dramatic effect mm -hmm. to really, in, in some ways, make it a, a powerful impact. But the way he incorporated uh, just the words of the New Testament, he quoted Peter and Paul from the book of Acts, yeah. saying in no uncertain terms that Psalm 2 is about Christ. Yeah. Um, and I thought he just did a great job uh, of being respectful for the original understand the, the original meaning to the original hearers, but then showing how that foreshadows, how the, how the great Davidic king foreshadowed a much better Davidic king, Jesus Christ, who is the ultimate answer to why the nations rage and is going to be the solution toward that raging. Mm. Mike? Yeah, the, he, he's right. I, it, immediately, I, I know where this is pointing, but uh, just the, the fact that how he took us through it step by step and didn't really, we, we, we talked about dramatic effect till the end to, to, to just nail it home that this, this is pointing to the, the greater David or the greater king, you know, per se. Uh, so that's always exciting to me. I, it, there's just something about, um, you know, I've been guilty of looking, uh, you know, for, for Christ under every rock and bush in the Old Testament. But it's something like, it's something amazing for this to see it, mm. thinking in my mind how far uh, in the past that was before Christ uh, was born. And, and so that gets me, you know, that's what I needed today. Mm -hmm. Bottom yeah. line is, is I needed to hear Christ preached from the Old Testament today, obviously. Yeah, exactly. And kind of like a good bit of advice for how to, uh, we've, in past panels, we've talked about the right way, the wrong way to preach Christ from the Old Testament. One analogy I like to use is math. When we're back in, hopefully this doesn't traumatize too many people from high school, but in your algebra class, you couldn't just give the right answer. You had to show your work. And so Daniel did a great job of doing fancy word hermeneutics, of interpreting the Bible, of, of starting from the original text, explaining it, and showing his work, especially using the New Testament, to show how it fits mm -hmm. in with Christ. Yeah. One of the ideas that, that really stood out to me um, early on in the sermon, he talks about how submission uh, leads to freedom. So he uses these examples, like a fish is only free when it submits to the fact that it belongs in water, and a, a train conductor is only free when it submits to the fact that the train needs yeah. to stay uh, on the tracks. I just think that's such a great uh, um, analogy that, that applies. It, it, Psalms 2 is talking about kingdoms and, and kings who uh, refuse to submit to, to God, but um, getting under the shelter of God, which is where Psalm 2 mm. ends. And I just love how he yeah. started there and we ended with, mm. with hiding in the shelter yeah. of God. And yeah, we got to point. sing that, uh, Christ will be my hideaway. Mm. So this, this second question, we could, we could very easily get into the weeds here, but uh, I, I think this is a good, con considering uh, this, this is a, a, the topic of discussion of today, we live in a, in a divisive world. So what does Psalm 2 uh, teach us about living in a, in a divisive world? Well, the, 
so you get these the, the head headings of the revolt and the response and the king is crowned and, and on through and so with the revolt we see our sinful nature on display there mm-hmm. we can um and, and so maybe i'm, I'm gonna, i know where you're you're going with me i'm still focused on this was very personalized to me mm-hmm. my sinful nature could be or the could be equated what with why did the nations rage well it could very easily been why does Mike rage mm-hmm. you know before I was a believer uh, and so I see that as my simple nature but the the bottom line is if we want to put it in this context of the world that we live in it's God's response his it doesn't make him wring his hands he doesn't say what am I going to do next uh, these people are out of control. You know, that's that's not what he says, does it? We see this laughter, and he did a really good job of explaining the laughter because that's not what I wanted it to mean. But that's that's what. So, but we see this, uh, we we see this laughter. This, and he sets his plan, doesn't he? He crowns a king. His crown, you know, and, and he sets the 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 kind shows kindness today, but. Uh, uh, severity is coming soon, type of thing. So, I, you know, we live in a in a very broken world. We live in with nations. Our nation. We're kidding ourselves if our nation isn't one of the nations that that rage. To know that God's still sovereign, God has His plan. It may not look anything like what I think it should look like, but it is a good and perfect plan. And then, like you said, to find shelter uh, with with Christ. That's that's my only that's the only thing that I can do ultimately because all this is out of my control. Mm-hmm. I know you got a lot more to say about this. I mean. <laughs> no, no, I mean, but I, I agree with you that like we should kind of look at our rather than just look. Oh, isn't society bad? Isn't all these people bad on, on, that I see on the news? You're absolutely right to go back to like look to our sin nature. What is it? James said. I think I memorized it in the King James. But from whence come wars and fighting among you? Come they not hence? from your, basically your sinful desires. Mm-hmm. Because there, there, there is a fall in the world and people have sinful desires, that's why we have conflict. Whether it's interpersonal relationships or whether it's nations and ideologies going to war with each other or crime in the streets or injustice in high office or uh, in, in, in governments uh, and oppression, it's because of this, the fall. We know that the ultimate solution is going to be uh, Christ and, and dashing all these kingdoms with like a like a iron rod dashes pottery. Mm-hmm. But in the short term, until that happens, we, we we can strive for justice. We can we can seek what is right for us and for for others, in the confidence of knowing that if we're in Christ, we are on the winning side. And that's where the books like the Book of Daniel in the Old Testament and the Book of Revelation in the New should give the Christian hope that I'm on the winning side. And even if I experience injustice, persecution, or frustrations, conflicts in this life, I know that it has purpose. But it also should convict us and make us think, if I'm dealing with the conflicts in life, we need to take a step back and think, how am I contributing to this? you know, sometimes we, maybe you've met the people that have lots of drama, lots of conflict in their life. And, you know, us as a neutral third party, sometimes we're like, do you not see a pattern here? Have you never even stopped to think, um, maybe I have, I have something to do with it? So having that kind of humility where we can step back and realize, uh, how am I contributing to this situation? Or even if I'm right, am I responding to somebody in the wrong way? Like, I mean, that's what we see here in, in our national uh, scene. There's, we've always been divided. I mean, read about the, the political animosity of the early decades of our nation. Um, but 
we need, it's good to, to have uh, firm beliefs even about things like public policy, but we always want to be respectful of, of others. We want to listen to them. We want to be um, happy warriors, uh, as they say, and, and share our views to persuade people. Um, uh, but also, as Christians, we know that, um, that, that they're, uh, we're going to endure persecution. We shouldn't be shocked. Uh, when we see conflict in the world, and especially when we see uh, unjust regimes, we see like uh, nations that persecute Christians or don't allow religious freedom, or we see uh, crime, we see abuse of office and injustice. We shouldn't be shocked. We should still do what we can as God gives us opportunities to, um, to, to oppose that, uh, but we should be about our Father's business of sharing Christ. He is the, the king who, will, uh, who can save uh, who, uh, from the wrath of God, and so we should... Uh, be encouraged knowing that if we, if we live our lives for, for him and his kingdom, we won't be disappointed. Well, and he, I'm sorry, but he, he even uh, brought out Nebuchadnezzar, who mm-hmm. was one of the ragers. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so <clears throat> you know, I, I think that there's, there is obviously going to be some of the ragers who hear the gospel and receive it. Mm-hmm. So that is just this, I mean, there is so much richness in yes. here, so much hope. For the, mm-hmm. the people who feel like Christianity is just a crutch for people who need to believe in something. I just the more I learn about world history, the more I learn about human nature, current events. Like the best explanation for the dual nature of man: striving for good and and noble, and yet conflicted and and capable of gross injustice and, and terrible stuff. Nothing explains it like the fall of man shown in the scriptures and the ultimate solution in, in Jesus Christ. Christ. I'm, like, I'm sorry, just nothing else makes as much sense for why the, sense for why the world is the way it is other than uh, the wisdom of, of God's revelation. One of the things that, that sort of gave me hope out of his sermon, division is, is obviously a part uh, of the fall. That is something that was introduced into uh, human society through the fall. Um, but we know that... that uh, People are not as bad as they could be. And in that division, there is, and this is what kind of what Daniel talked about, um, there is a sense of grace in the sense that uh, it is better to be divided than to be united uh, in sinful defiance. You see nations throughout history that uh, there, there was not a whole lot of division in in their in their society, but yeah. uh, they were all um, united in their defiance in the against way, yeah. God. Yeah. Oh, there's a lesson there for like ec- more like ecumenical movements, where it's like, hey, all of us who claim to be Christians, call ourselves Christians, let's all get together and focus on what we're united. But at some point, you've got to say like, no, if if you define the gospel differently, how men's souls are saved, um, then yeah, we're not on the same team, you know, mm-hmm. and we can be fellow citizens and maybe even work together on like the pro-life movement or other mm-hmm. justice issues because we have similar worldview. Um, but yeah, we need to have unity through the truth. Yeah. So we, we talked a little bit about um, the wrath of God and you, and you mentioned uh, the, the rod of iron uh, that God will, will wield against these nations. Um, so, so this is a, a sort of holy aggression as Daniel mm-hmm. put it. So how is God's holy aggression both terrifying and, uh, and worship-inducing at the same time. I'll let you go first. Sure, then. I'll go first. Um, uh, you get to be the cleanup hitter. Yeah. Then, uh, fi- <laughs> fix what I, I don't get. It's, it's terrifying because, at least it should be terrifying, because we should all realize that we have fallen short of God's standard of perfection. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're not all serial killers. We're not all child molesters. We're not all murderers. But we've all fallen short of God's standard of perfection. And so we should realize... We shouldn't just skip over, like it's, it's popular in evangelical cultures to just yeah. skip 
forward to Jesus as my friend and not realize, listen, our nature apart from Christ is we deserve wrath. We need to let that fall uh, on our, our shoulders. We need to realize, uh, use that to motivate us, to help us hate our sin as we talked about in weeks past. But um, it's encouraging because it shows that God is a good God. How, uh, would God be good if he did not have moral outrage at the Holocaust, mm-hmm. child abuse, uh, unjust rulers who were persecuting Christians and persecuting their own people? Um, what kind of God would he be if he did not have holy wrath um, uh, at, at, that, at that kind of evil? And so it is encouraging that we serve a righteous God, and then it's ultimately encouraging because then we see who... Who can bear that wrath of God? None of us can. Jesus Christ on the cross endured the wrath of God. He drank that cup, which is an image of God's wrath, so that we would not have to, so that anyone who admits their sin has the humility to acknowledge their sinfulness, turn from that sin in humility, and to place their reliance and trust on on what Christ has done alone and not on their own good works, can have the encouragement that that, they will never bear that wrath of God, which they deserve. Mm -hmm. He... He, we've talked about this several times, but it is worth re- repeating several times. How, how do we know we need a Savior if we don't understand the mm. fact that, number one, that our sin, is like R.C. Sproul says, is cosmic treason against a holy God, and that we are under judgment day and night. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for me personally, that was, a, that was the beginning, opening of my eyes of, you know, this is... Jesus just isn't my friend. There yes. is more to it than, than this. And so, but at the same time, I, you know, and I don't know if I can articulate it well at all, but because I know that I, ha- I am taking shelter in Christ, even when this wrath, there, I, I, I just not really good at articulating, but I can praise Him. I can praise Him from from my salvation, the goodness that He showed to me that I did not merit at all, mm-hmm. no no way, no how, and, and so I can take just the simple blue collar ways. I, I, yeah, there is wrath, but I can take, I can just worship Him, knowing mm-hmm. that He is a God of justice, a justice that maybe I don't even understand is because it is the justice of all justice, the goodness of all goodness, the, the, the mercy of all mercy, you know, and, and I just worship him and his holiness and, and, and that's who he is. I like how what you said is it's a good lesson for our own personal evangelism. So often in evangelical circles, we're almost tempted to be like, here, have, bring Jesus into your life and everything will be better. Well, a lot of times before you can really appreciate the good news, you need to understand the bad news. And especially in our postmodern culture where people don't want to believe in sin, one of the, the, the things we need to help them in giving the good news is give the bad news. Yeah. And I'll help them understand what their biggest problem is. It's not your, your sense of, well, of self-esteem. It's not primarily your relationships or what your sense of achievement. Your problem is that you're a sinner and you deserve God's wrath. Exactly. And let me show you how Jesus is the answer to that problem. Okay. You guys have anything else to add on today's sermon? It's very good. Very good. good. Well, next week, uh, Pastor Kyle Sheeran will be back uh, preaching in 1 Peter. He'll be preaching 1 Peter 3, verses 13 to uh, 22. Uh, Next week is August. Can you guys believe that we're a week away from August? Summer has flown by. Well, church, we will see you next week. Thank you for listening to this resource of Faith Family Church. 
We gather on Sundays at 495 Hugh Hunter Road in Oak Grove, Kentucky, and are a short drive from Fort Campbell and Hopkinsville, Kentucky, as well as Clarksville, Tennessee. For more information, visit our website, myfaithfamilychurch.com.